So glad that you guys are here with us this morning at Rock Hills, especially if today's your first time. We want you to know that you are welcome in this place. We are a church that firmly believes that you can come as you are. In other words, just like you are, we believe that God wants to reach you, and uh, we want you to, this to be a church where you can feel welcome in this place. If you weren't here last week, we talked about the fact that on a road trip, you have that beginning point when you're loading up the car, you're packing it, and then you've got the end point when you finally get to your destination, wherever you're going. But then the rest of the trip, the travel part, is all that middle part of are we there yet? And we talked about how that can be such a crucial time in our walk with God when you've, you've got something in your life that you feel God has called you to or you know who you're supposed to be or just beginning your walk with God. But then there's that destination and then there's the time in between when we can really feel like giving up and we can wonder where God is at. And um, as I prepared for this week, I thought that <clears throat> that's such a crucial time in our lives when we're waiting and allowing God to work in us and we're in that are we there yet space in our lives that I wanted to take just a little bit more time uh, just to look at that time when we're waiting and how God works in our lives. So would you pray with me? <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, that uh, you are faithful to us through every season of life. Father, you're there in the good times and the hard times. Lord, you're there in the times when we feel like we don't know how we're going to make it another day. And Lord, I pray that your spirit today would speak to every one of us. Lord, that your words would go forth today and stick in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I think that all of us... Uh, who follow Christ, and I realize that we've got people here every week who are trying to figure out, I, I don't know where I stand with this whole thing, and you're seeking and you're searching, and we're glad that you're here. But for those of you who've come to a place where you feel like, yeah, I believe in God, I think that most of you would probably agree, thank you, Jacques, I think that most of you would probably agree that to some degree we feel like God is powerful. I mean, by very definition, if he's not powerful, he's not God, Right? He, he's just some sort of being. But if he is God, then he is powerful. And I think that most of us would also agree that as we look through the Bible, that we would agree it's consistent with God's character that he wants to intervene. He wants to move in our lives. He wants to be active in our lives. I think that most of us could conceptually agree on those two things. God is powerful and he wants to move in our lives. Now, the place I think where most of us, the are we there yet, the place where most of us can get lost and tripped up. And if we were to sit down and say, okay, well, how does this happen? I think this is where we might get tripped up. And how do we move from the fact that we know God is powerful, we know he wants to move in people's lives to a place where we can convert it to say, okay, this is where I see God move in a powerful way in my life. It's one thing to believe he is powerful, that he does want to move in our lives. But it's another thing to say, now, how does that convert to God moving with that kind of power in my life? When we traveled uh, a month ago to China, we had to take, uh, we had to carry all this cash over there because you've got to take a ton of money when you're adopting. But then you have to convert it all because even though American money is great, they don't want that American money over there, right? And it's, it's the craziest thing, not to chase a rabbit trail here, but you can take uh, your American $100 bill to a lot of places, and if the corner is bent, they might look at it and go, oh, this is worth $50, 
because the corner's bent. And literally, they'll give you $50 worth of money. That's how they convert it. So when we're, it is frustrating because the conversion doesn't happen the way it's supposed to happen. But I think we can feel that same frustration in our lives sometimes. I know that God is powerful. I believe He wants to move in people's lives. But how does that convert to God being powerful in my life? Because you're going to hit that season of waiting where you, God, I need you to show up in my life. I need you to move in my life. But I don't feel like there's any power of God moving in my life. I hear Al get up here and talk. I know other people. I've read books about how God moves powerfully in their lives. How does that happen in my life? And that's what we want to talk today. Because throughout the Bible... We can see God moving powerfully in His ability. And it's in that waiting time when we don't just wait passively, but we're waiting actively to see God move in our lives, that God can do something amazing in our lives while we are waiting. God's power is available to us. Now, I do want to throw a little disclaimer in here. As we talk about God moving in my life, I don't want to in any way paint a picture for you that I'm going to give you a formula. And if you do A, B, and C, God will do D in your life. Because that's not how the Bible works. Even as you watch Jesus do miracles, he's doing it this way, he's doing it this way, he does it this way. He's always keeping people on their toes. And he's, he's doing different things for different people in different ways in their lives. And that's consistent with God as well. But as we look through many of the stories in the Bible, we can see that many people waited on God's power. And they were consistent in their character and their behavior And they saw God's power in their lives. So I think there's some basic principles that we can look at in our lives and say that during this waiting process, we can see the power of God if we will live in these sorts of ways. So we're going to take one example today. And there are many examples all throughout the Bible. But we're going to look at just a little bit of Moses' story and how God moved in his life as he was waiting. Like I said, there's many people throughout the Bible who are waiting between God's calling and His calendar, like we talked about last week. If we're going to accept God's calling, we also have to accept His calendar of when and how He wants to move. And we see a lot of people do this. But this process often starts with some sort of dream that God puts in our hearts. And maybe God has put in your heart during this waiting process a dream of who you're supposed to be. It's a calling. It's a burden on your life of of this is who I feel like I'm supposed to be. This is what I feel like I am supposed to do. It's a purpose within our hearts. Maybe it's what keeps you up at night. This This is what I feel like God is calling me to. It's what breaks my heart at times. Maybe it has to do with your career, your marriage. Sometimes it's even small little things like that guy that I work with, I feel like I'm just supposed to invite him to church. Right? Maybe it's just a small little thing that you feel like God has put on your heart to do. So, the very first thing that we see in the waiting process is a dream. And dream may be a bigger word than than what you're dealing with, but it's what God puts on your heart as you begin the journey on this road trip that God has put you on. So, Moses, he's got a dream. 
as well. One of, one of his, his first dreams that God puts in his heart is he has a purpose and a vision for the Hebrew people. These are his people and God puts this burden on his heart that he just cannot shake. He, he, he's burdened by the fact that the Hebrew people are being oppressed. And I think many times that we can ignore this burden that God put on our heart. And when we do that, we just begin to wait passively and hope Maybe that God does something, but God wants us to wait actively. And that's what Moses begins to do. He begins to wait actively. And when you decide to wait actively, you move from just having a dream to the second thing, making a decision. So Moses hits this place in his life where he says, you know what? I just can't sit by anymore. God has given me a position and God's given me authority. God's given me a voice. And he says, I just can't sit by anymore while the Hebrew people are being oppressed. And so for you too, whatever that dream is that God has put in your heart, at some point when you're waiting on God on that, are we there yet? You've got to decide I'm not just going to sit back and hope that it happens someday. There are steps in my life that I need to take to become the person that God wants me to be. Maybe if it's just inviting that person to church, you make that decision. Okay, when the opportunity is right, I want to have a conversation. I want to be a friend to this person so that I can invite them to church. Whatever that dream is that God has put in your heart, at some point we have to make the decision. But then we get to that season of waiting right? You've made a decision, God, I feel like this is what you want me to do. I feel like you've put this calling, this dream in my heart, and I've made a decision. I want to move closer to that, but then that's when it gets hard because that's when there is a delay. It's that period of time we talked about last week when you're just waiting and waiting, and you feel like, God, you should have done something by now, but it's the are we there yet Because this this isn't how you expected it to be. But there's this delay. And we seem to wait and wait a little bit longer. Moses goes through several seasons of delay in his life. Where he feels like God calls him to something. But then beyond that, he has to wait a very long time. One of those seasons comes as he's longing for something different for the Hebrew people. One day he sees an Egyptian mistreating these Hebrew people and all of a sudden he just snaps because he's got this dream in his heart and he's made a decision he wants it to be different and in this season of delay all of a sudden he just snaps and it's all caught on the security tape everybody sees what happens this this Egyptian is mistreating his Hebrew uh, peer and all of a sudden Moses just goes and wails on this guy and ends up killing him he murders him out of a fit of rage And then Moses has to flee. And he flees to the wilderness for a long season of waiting. Forty years, as a matter of fact. So if you're in a season of waiting right now, that's not what you wanted to hear, right? Forty years. But Moses goes to the wilderness for 40 years. And as he's out there waiting on God, he's in a season of delay. He can't follow his dream at this point. Now for Moses, this season was somewhat self-inflicted. He made the choice, and he snapped. And because he snapped, he goes through this long season of delay. Now, as we looked at with Elijah last week, as Elijah goes to the creek, and the creek dries up, and all of a sudden, he's in a season of delay. Sometimes God gives us a season of delay, and sometimes we put ourselves in the position of the season of delay. But eventually, 
God is going to take him back to Egypt. He gives him influence with Pharaoh. You may be familiar with the story. God sends all these plagues to Egypt. And eventually Pharaoh says, okay, okay, I will let the Hebrew people go. And so Pharaoh says, the Hebrew people can go. Uh, I can't take the adversity anymore. He sets them free. And then Moses leads all of these Hebrew people. You may be familiar with the story. He leads them on a journey towards freedom. And then all of a sudden, Pharaoh realizes what he's done. He's just lost his entire slave labor force. And all of a sudden, he regrets his decision. So he sends the Egyptian National Guard, right, chasing after the Hebrew people. And then the Hebrew people freak out a little bit. You have to understand, the Hebrew people for generations have been slaves. They've been oppressed. And all of a sudden, they're free, and they turn around, and they see that the Egyptian National Guard is coming after them. So as you can imagine, they begin to freak out a little bit. And they begin to say, why would you lead us out here just to be killed? We could have just stayed in Egypt and been slaves and kept working. At least we had our family. At least we knew what was coming the next day. At least we knew we were going to have a meal. It wasn't a good life, but it was a life. And now you let us out here, and do you realize what we're facing? So as we go through these seasons of waiting, it gets a little bit tougher because often we see that difficulty hits. It's not just that you're having to be patient But you're going to have a really good opportunity to give up on what God has put in your heart. So we go from a dream to a decision to a delay. And then often we see God's people go through difficulty. Let's take a look at Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 12. As Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and said (coughs) to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, Leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. You see, there's a big difference here that the Egyptian, uh, the Hebrew people are facing. There's a big difference between being set free and actually living free. And the Hebrews have been set free, but they don't know yet how to live as free people. And when we hit these difficult seasons in life, we have that dream in front of us that God sets us free for, but a lot of times we don't know how to live free so that we can pursue that dream that God has for us. When we're waiting, when we're in that season of are we there yet, we can be tempted to do the same thing, to feel like I just can't take it anymore. Can we just go back to where we were before? It's too hard. I would rather go back and at least have that routine and that comfort. But when I step out and I trust God, it takes faith. For me to trust God. It would be easier just to live in mediocrity. Than to follow the dream that God has put in my heart. It would be easier just to continue struggling. With the addiction that grips my life. Than to step out in faith. 
and have to learn how to live as a free person. There's a dream that God puts within all of us where He wants us to be free from the struggles that we face. We've been set free, but we have to learn how to live free. This is the season that God's people find themselves in. They have some real barriers in front of them, literally, right? They've got the Red Sea that's in front of them, and they've got mountains that are surrounding them. And then behind them, here comes the Egyptian military forces. And so they find themselves in a very uncomfortable situation. And as they wait on what God promised for them, what they feel like God is calling them to, what Moses is leading them to, they find themselves in a very hard position. And the problem here is that they have been slaves so long that they don't remember God's promises to them. And you and I, sometimes we can struggle with our struggles, with our sin for so long that we forget that God has promised to be our God. Remember, God is God. He is powerful. God wants to move in our lives. But the problem, we see this over and over in the Old Testament. People would say, God, we need you. And they would see God's power. They would see God move on their behalf and they would praise God. But then the next generation would come along. They'd forget about God's covenant and they they wouldn't trust in God's power and they wouldn't trust in God to move on their behalf. And because of that, they would miss God's power in that season of waiting. They don't remember how good that God can be in their lives. They move from a season of delay to a season of difficulty. And as they follow Moses, they're able to move into a season of deliverance from a dream to a decision to a delay to difficulty and then finally to deliverance. Let's look at verses 13 through 15. But Moses told the people, Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see, you will never see again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. And then the Lord said to Moses, What are you crying out to me for? Tell the people to get moving. When you're waiting on that promise, what God has led you to, and you're moving through that season of difficulty where honestly you feel like, I don't know if I can go on another day. I don't know if I can keep trusting God and pursuing God. I think we need to take Moses, God's words to Moses here. We just need to move on, to keep moving towards what God has called you to. He's essentially saying to the people, yes, he is God, and yes, he is powerful, and he wants to move in your life, But to see God move, you need to keep moving. And here's what I want you to understand as we wait on God that's so important to understand about waiting on God is that when we keep moving, God gives us power along the way. I think it's one of the most important things that we can learn about waiting on God. As you keep moving, God gives you power along the way. You see, he tells us to go. He's always telling us to go. Go and make disciples of the nations. And we say, I don't know how we're going to do that as an individual or as a church. How are we going to go? But it's as we go that God gives us the power we need. He gives us the resources we need. He, He gives us the love and support and forgiveness that we need as we go. So you may be looking at your situation and saying, I don't have what I need. You're on a road trip and you're saying, 
I've got a quarter tank of gas and I'm supposed to drive to California. There's no way that I'm going to be able to get there. But God's power in our lives says, as you go, you will find the power and the provision that you need in your life. We see it over and over again through Scripture. The conversion of God being powerful and dispensing that power in our lives happens along the way. So I want to just encourage you today, as you're seeking God, as you're pursuing God, keep moving, keep trusting. The problem is, where that gets difficult, is we don't like that plan, right? It's more comfortable to know everything is taken care of. God, you wanted me to do this? I want, you, I want to know that you're going to take care of everything before I take the first step. But the truth is, God wants you to take the first step. And he's going to meet you with power along the way. This adoption process that we've been going through up to this point, and now that we're into a whole new world, now that he's our son, with every step of the process, it's been, God, there is no way that we are going to be able to do this. Physically, emotionally, as parents, we don't, we don't know how to do this. But we've always felt like God's power is power along the way. And he has met us every step of the way. Sometimes we're still, from day to day, going, God, I don't have any idea how we're going to be able to do this. But God's call to us to see his power working in our lives, to move from just believing he's powerful and that he wants to interact in our lives to seeing God move in our lives is we keep moving forward and we see God's power along the way. We want to see God's power before we get to the water's edge. That's what the Hebrew people wanted. They wanted to see that that sea split then, but they had to move to the water's edge so that they could see the Red Sea split apart. Then they get to the other side. We see as, as this part of his story concludes, they get to the other side and the Bible tells us that they genuinely were moved and they worshiped God. Today, I hope that you will recognize some of the dreams and desires that God has placed within your heart, the calling that he's put on your heart, and that we can recognize between the dream and seeing the dream become a reality, that we can recognize that God's power is available to us along the way. So I want to leave you with just a few practical things here of how we can actively wait as we see God's power along the way. Because we're all going to be in those seasons where we're waiting on God. And in those seasons, we don't want to just cross our fingers and hope God shows up. So how can we actively wait on God to see His power along the way? The first thing I want to encourage us to do is to remember His faithfulness. All right? The Hebrew people begin to get this as they get across the river and all of a sudden they're remembering Oh yeah, God has been good. And they begin to worship God. Just uh, personally, for our family, uh, Tiffany and I, since we were first dating, uh, really even before we got married, we decided in our lives we wanted to put God first in everything that we do. And this isn't a message on giving. It's just an example from our lives. And we said one of the things we want to do is we always want to give to God first. Not like, okay, I got some left, I'm going to tip. We wanted to give to God. And 
I say that because in 21 plus years since I go back to that point, we have seen God provide for our lives over and over and over and over again. And I've been in the place where all of you have, where we're going, how, how are we going to pay this bill? You know, and then you get a little bit of money and then the car breaks down. And then the air conditioner goes out and then your kids have to go to the doctor, you know, and we go, how in the world are we going to be able to do this? Wouldn't it be easier just not to give this paycheck? But we've made it a priority in our lives. God, we are going to trust you. And we've seen God move over and over and over again. This adoption, again, just is a great example. When we went into this, we looked at the cost of what an adoption costs. And some of you know about that. Some of you don't. It's astronomical. It's crazy. But we both looked at each other and said, you know what? We feel like if God wants us to do this, money is the last thing that we have to worry about. Has God ever, ever left us begging and hungry? No. God has always been faithful as we've been faithful to Him. And sure enough, we can look back now and go, God was faithful over and over and over again. Whatever it is in your life, you need to remember God's faithfulness how God has got you through those times when you didn't think that you were going to be able to make it. There were times when you finally surrendered and you said, okay, God, I need your help. And God was faithful. I encourage you, those of you who are parents, who are grandparents, wear your kids out. Wear your grandkids out with the stories about how you trusted God and God was faithful because that is going to build the foundation in them for them to be able to trust, you know what, I saw God be faithful to my parents. He's going to be faithful to me. So we need to remember God's faithfulness. That's how we actively wait on God to see his power. The second thing we need to do is what the Hebrew people did here. They responded with gratitude. As you're actively waiting, you're not where you want to be yet. You're still in that season of are we there yet and you haven't seen that promise or that calling fulfilled, but you're going to thank God because God is still with you and God still loves you. He's still moving in your life. His covenant and promise is still true upon your life. So we thank God and we continue to thank Him. I mean, just think on a very practical level. If we moved all of our complaining as a general society to being thankful, even if we're not talking about God, right? Just on Facebook or social media, what if everybody stopped complaining and started being thankful? I mean, the world would go nuts, right? I mean, it would just change everything. We need to apply that in our lives, but especially in our relationship to God. Let's be thankful people who respond in gratitude to even the tiniest details. And the third thing, let's remain surrendered and keep moving forward. I'm talking about those of you who feel like you're saying, God, I don't, I don't know if I can get out of bed today and make it to the shower. I don't know if I can make it through another week of work. I don't know how this marriage is going to make it. I don't know how this is going to work. That's when, when that difficulty hits, we remain surrendered and we say, God, I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep having a thankful heart. I'm going to keep remembering your faithfulness. I am going to stay at it. That is how we actively wait on God. That's how we see his power move from just being something that we recognize and believe that he wants to do and people as a, as a general concept to God moving in our lives. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, We thank you.
for your faithfulness. Lord, you have been faithful to us as a people, as families, as a church, every step of the way. Lord, let us never become ungrateful. Let us never come to a place where we're not thankful, where we're not expecting your promises and your calling upon our lives. Father, for some of us, it's hard as we're in that season of are we there yet? But Father, we believe your power will come along the way. So we will keep moving. We will keep trusting in you. If you're here today and you're saying, I'm in a place where I just need to surrender. I want to encourage you, just take a moment in your heart and surrender all that you are to God. It doesn't have to be fancy words. You don't have to know the right words to say. Would you just take a moment and surrender all that you are to God because he sent Jesus to take our place. We can be his. We can be forgiven. We can have that calling upon God of God upon our lives. Lord, we need you today. In Jesus' name, amen.